Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the British English Podcast with myself, Charlie Baxter, giving you British culture and British English along the way, especially for those intermediate to advanced English learners. Welcome. And uh, if you didn't know by the title of this, this is the beginning of season two. Would you believe it? We are on to season two. This is episode one, and we will get stuck in with the show right away. But just know that this means a brand new season of the Academy is there for you to enjoy. I will tell you more about that in a bit. On with the show. So today's episode, I've uh, I've been joined by a very special guest who I actually met back in 2012. And this was just after graduating from a Bachelor of Psychology. Uh, and yet, believe it or not, I still didn't know what I wanted to do with my life because a degree in psychology doesn't lead you directly to a job. But um that is when I met a man who goes by the name of Ricky Gill. And um, now Ricky, he, he does a job that I find hard to describe. So we might save that for him to do. But he's basically in the arena of helping people. And he helped me massively back in uh, 2012 to 2013. Helping people in, in, in psychology, in all forms of mental health. Um, but we'll get into that in a, in a bigger way with Ricky. I just want to say, though, that this is about British culture again. So we're going to see what the Brits think about therapy in general. And we're going to go further into what Ricky does and how he helps people because he's an amazing man. And uh, as I said, we've got him here. So hello, Ricky. How are you doing today? Hi, Charlie. Um, hi, everyone. All the better for speaking with you, Charlie. <laughs> Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So you're in England. I'm in Australia at the moment. How's, uh, how's things going over there with you? Um, I can tell you that it's eight degrees. <laughs> and it's one of those really nice sort of sunny but crisp winter days. There's a lot of interesting sky going on. Um, and of course, things are a little strange with we're all in a lockdown. Uh, that hasn't affected our lives personally too much in the sense that um, I'm seeing people via Zoom. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a peculiar time, but I think we're, we're all getting used to it. So let's get into uh, some questions that I had for you, Ricky. Could you do us a favour? Could you tell us what do you do? What would you say that you do? OK, so I think a simple way to understand it is I'm a psychology coach. OK. And the forms of psychology that I'm most familiar with are neuro-linguistic psychology, um, brain-based coaching, and Ericksonian hypnotherapy. Having said that, as I progressed, I've begun to borrow information from many different fields of psychology and link them together. But when I call myself a psychology coach, it makes it's probably the most accurate reflection of what I'm doing with people in that I'm helping person, a person to alleviate their suffering and increase their potential in the broadest sense. Okay. And to do that, often I'm going to be investigating the parts of their mind that they're not able to see or not willing to see. Mm. 
while also looking at their life as a whole, looking at the various people, places and activities that they have commitments with and putting that into my sort of mental simulator as to how this person is the way they are, but also if we're going to build a better human being, which of these areas of their life do we really need to pay attention to? Okay. So a psychology coach. And of course, along with that being a psychology trainer, which is sort of training and supervising other people to do a similar thing that I do. Yes. Okay. Nicely explained. Yeah. I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that we have a free worksheet available for you that highlights some of the harder expressions and vocabulary that Ricky uses in this episode. So don't forget to get that free download to help improve your understanding of this conversation and British English in general. You can find this worksheet in the show notes of this podcast or go to the website, thebritishenglishpodcast.com, then hit the tab, listen to the podcast at the top and then click on season two, episode one. And you'll find a little form that you can enter your name and email and have the free worksheet sent to your email inbox. But of course, we have a whole academy lesson for this episode, which I will tell you more about actually in a in a bit. So uh, yeah, let's get back to Ricky. What is the general response uh, from people at a party when you tell them what you do? Such a great question. So the first thing I've noticed that if I introduce myself as a therapist, you get one type of response. If I introduce myself as a coach, you get another kind of peculiar, what does that mean response? Mm -hmm. And when I say that I'm a psychology coach, you seem to get a little bit more curiosity and interest. That's the first thing. The other thing I would say is that if I used any of those terms 15 years ago at a party, if I said any of those things or anything like that, that I'm to do with investigating yourself or the mind at a party, you'd actually physically see people take a step back unconsciously. If you're looking down at their feet, they'd sort of shuffle back and... It's like the what the, you know, (laughs) and there was a lot of resistance, um, just like, what's that about? I don't get it. And I don't think I want to get it. What I will say is there has been an earth shattering shift in, in culture, in how people perceive just the whole broad domain of, of mental well-being, of, you know, sort of modifying your life to improve it. And I think that we've been done a service by having more diverse media on TV. You know, there's, there's more channels now than there've ever been. We also have a lot of exposure to um, uh, American TV culture and that has made it quote unquote, okay to have a therapist actually desirable. Mm. And what I would say is that has, like many things trickled into the British psyche over the last 15 years. And actually now I get people immediately more often than not. When I say I'm a psychology coach, sharing something about themselves that relates to that, 
or sharing an experience of someone they know that relates to that. So how that might sound is a person might come immediately out of the gate and say, can you help with, you know, confidence or anxiety or, um, or marriage or something like that. Or I had a friend who saw, you know, a CBT therapist and she found it really helpful. It's a completely different response, Charlie. And that's um, generally in the UK. You, did you ever have any experience in America? I remember you did some football sure. coaching. Did you go over to America? Yeah, so I, I lived in the States. I stayed in the States for um, various stints in my early 20s, the longest being just, just about a year. And so I guess that classes as living in America. Mm-hmm. And I was in, see, once again, when you're trying to talk about culture, and how people respond to things. It's very easy to generalize. Now, America has a vast population. And I was staying in the Northeast Coast, you know, around places like Connecticut and New York and Rhode Island and these sorts of places. And I would say the response I had then, bearing in mind that was close to 20 years ago, was actually similar to the responses I was getting in Britain. At the time or now? At the time, at the time. I don't know now because I haven't been there since 2007, I think, was the last time I went there. Um, So there was a sort of cautious hesitancy. Um, But what I find, though, is as you get to know people and you build a rapport and a connection with them, no matter where they're from, the desire to be open and to share with people is a part of the human psyche. So it's just about, it's a universal feature of who we are as a species. So it's just about how you get people there. And probably what's changed as well, Charlie, which, you know, has been excluded from my analysis, is maybe as I've grown up a little, I've become better at pacing and leading people to that place of being open, or sometimes even modelling that openness to them by how I share about myself. Mm. Do you follow that idea? Definitely. Yeah. I remember you telling me all about pacing, 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 and then leading finally, once you feel like you've got a rapport that is, is worthy of, of helping them. Yeah. Well, one of the tricks with that, Charlie, and it might be interesting to the listeners too, is we know in psychology that if you, if you want to enable openness with other people, it's usually best to go first. That sometimes when I share something about myself, that's personal to me, Um, how I've grown, a struggle that I've been through, something that I've learned, something I've come to terms with, something that's a little bit beneath the veneer of personality, but more about my inner self. What that does is it sort of opens a door and gives the other person permission to do the same. Mm. So if we want to enable openness, just share something about yourself first. I I use that in a bit of a, a self-mocking way with my lessons teaching English and it helps them perhaps feel more comfortable. But uh, yeah, I can imagine it works um, yeah. tenfold in, in situations that you're in. Of course, we call that, um, that ability or that behavior, we call it self-deprecating humor. Mm. Is that right? Yes. Yes. You know, maybe that's a thing that we're good at, right? <clears throat> it's true. Yeah. It's a, an episode that I did recently on British humor, and that was a subcategory self deprecating humor. Yes. So that's uh, cool. To 
remind the listeners, what does self-deprecating humour mean? Self-deprecating humour is where I come off my imagined pedestal of being some great and perfect human being. And I share something sort of vulnerable about myself. And I'm willing to make fun of myself in some small way. And it's one of the most disarming things that you can do in psychology because, you know, what happens is, you know, um, we kind of all grow up with a mode of being where we, we can get a sense, a generalized sense that, you know, I'm okay, other people aren't okay. You know, and then, then I'll have this sort of arrogant stance or, you know, um, I'm not okay and this other person is, so I feel inferior to them. Mm. Right. And kind of where we want to be is we want to be, I'm okay. You're okay. A place where I accept myself and you can accept yourself. And I think maybe when you're willing to have a little bit of a chuckle at yourself, it shows that you can accept yourself and maybe that gives permission for other people to accept themselves. Yes. Yes. Very nice explanation. Yeah. Much better than the one I gave. (laughs) I know that you're doing yourself. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you just did it there. Yeah, uh, you just did true. it there. Yeah, I did you do just it. it and I didn't. It's a default, yeah. right? It is a default of a British person, isn't it? We found we found a thing that is an actual thing that lives in thinghood. Remember that this episode, just like every single other episode on this show, comes with a free worksheet where you get to see some of the best native expressions that come up in this very episode, along with definitions made for you, a non-native learner. I've even designed it so that you can play the podcast episode on the same page as the free worksheet. It's super user-friendly, so head over to thebritishenglishpodcast.com right now and check out the free podcast worksheets or simply click on the link that says free podcast worksheets in the show notes of this episode. (laughs) I I would say it is, and it's it's a really endearing trait. One thing you have to, one thing you might want to moderate that with is, you know, and actually I learned this in America from an American psychology trainer that um, it was, it was a lady called Julie Silverthorne. She was, um, she was teaching our trainers training and she had a belief about self-deprecating humor that we would use it very sparingly because her belief was that sometimes when we do that, it's because we're not okay mm. to step into and own our own power as a human being. So it's more comfortable for us to sort of chip away at ourselves than to sort of stand in our power and own, you know, our magnificence, right? Yes. Yes. And you do see that with people who don't have um, enough esteem. They will chip away at themselves. They will sort of constantly make jokes about themselves to, to make them sort of not look as big as, as they might be or yeah. make them feel small almost. Of course. And then yeah. what they end up doing is they end up, if we go back to those relational dynamics, um, patterns of relating that comes from a form of psychology called transactional analysis, they end up, if they use too much self-deprecating humor, I've got both of my hands level with each other here. They end up putting them in a position of not being okay compared to the other person. Mm-hmm. 
So if we use too much of it, maybe it can set us up for feeling inferior with other people. Right. Yeah. So that's where we've got to just sort of temperature check it. Yes. Yes. Very true. Good tip. Don't use it too much. It's a a powerful, a powerful um, trait, but not to be used too much. And there we have it, the end of part one of this episode. But as I've been letting you know, this is part of a brand new season of the Academy. And the Academy is where I give you part two and part three of this episode with transcripts as well. I I also give you exclusive videos breaking down the language used and giving you real life examples of how to use it. I give you pronunciation practice audios, questions to help you retain the information you are learning within these episodes and many more things. As one Academy student said, it's like I've created a whole world of online learning in the Academy. So if you feel like you want to get more from these episodes, then head over to the website and check out the sample stuff available for the Academy for free to get a taster of what it's all about. Um, I personally think it will blow your socks off, meaning it will really surprise you and hopefully in a good way. Although I do want to say, if all you're wanting out of this is the extended podcast episodes with transcripts to continue this fascinating chat with Ricky, then I have created the premium podcast as that is, well, it's cheap as chips really, but you get the full length of the show and the oh so useful transcripts. So we've got the free podcast, the premium podcast and the academy. There we go. That is the end of today's public broadcast. In part two and three, we delve into the psychology of what all people on this planet need in their lives. No matter who you are and what you do, Ricky has a clear list of needs that helped me simplify how to achieve happiness and and just be more present with the world. So if you want to have a listen, head over to the website. But uh, if not, I'll see you next time on the British English Podcast. My name's Charlie. Thanks for listening.